Welcome to episode 57, What Happens When You Follow Your Intuition? Today's guest is Elaine Godley. She is a disc profiling expert with a major health bias, multi-published author who teaches people how to reverse serious illness and disease, a single mom of two adult children from Algarve, Portugal. Elaine is a true survivor. She has been a single parent twice, recovered from debilitating health ailment, and is now helping others reverse doctor's diagnosis and bring them back to health and vitality. She's a remarkable woman, vibrant and full of life, a force to be reckoned with. Her advice for single parents, don't do it alone. Connect with other single parents. Follow your intuition. Stand in your power. Be strong and grounded. Thank you for listening, reviewing, downloading, and subscribing the podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now, do your part. Be the messenger of hope and share this episode with a friend. Enjoy this conversation with Elaine. How would you like to master your mind to transform your life, overcome anxiety, trauma, doubt, and suffering to win daily and enjoy a life of confidence, peace, and freedom? This is your unique opportunity to work directly one-on-one with me in a breakthrough coaching If you are interested, you can check out the link below and schedule your 45-minute discovery session to see if we are a fit. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest comes to us from Algarve, Portugal. Her name is Elaine Godley, disc profiled author who teaches people how to reverse serious illness and disease. She's a past single parent twice. And she has a daughter, Charlotte, who is 40, and Andrew, who is 28. Welcome, Elaine. It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much, Irina. Thank you for the invitation. That makes me sound so old. My daughter is 40 and my son's 28. I can't believe it's just ridiculous. I, I, I feel barely 25 myself, and here we are talking these numbers. It's madness. I think age is just a number. It's how you feel. And looking at you, you look very bright, very energetic, very lively. I wouldn't give you anything past 40. Thank you. You you look awesome. (laughs) Thank you. I was 65 a couple of weeks ago. I can't believe it myself, but I'm a health mentor and I'm definitely walking my talk. So there we are. (laughs) Awesome. So please share with us your story. How did you become a single parent? Okay, so um, the first time um, was with my my second husband. Um, the marriage wasn't going too well. We had a business and we had um, a lot of money coming in. The business is going very well. And I hadn't noticed that my husband was an alcoholic um, and all the business success and the, the drinking and the socializing. I thought that's what all business people did and that's how we all behaved. Um, I was in my mid twenties um when we started the business well early 20s when we started the business so um 
young and naive and not coming from business families, either of us. We had money coming in, we spent it. We had more money coming in, we spent that. Uh, and that's how our, our life was. And then um, one day he strangled me and left me for dead. So that was a bit of a, a shock. So that was definitely the end of the relationship. That was the 31st of January, 1989. So I then became a single mum with Charlotte, who was then seven, uh, yeah, she was seven years old then. So that was a very difficult time because it was in the 1980s, the late 80s, and she had, um, uh, we had a, an environment in those days where single parents just weren't a thing. Um, there were hardly any single parents. And if you were a single parent, it was your own fault. You'd got yourself into trouble and you, you have to sort yourself out. Um, I couldn't get anywhere to stay. Um, I left the family home because of the, the um, safety aspect of it. And um, I remember walking the streets, holding uh, Charlotte holding my hand and I was I was crying I got tears running down my face because I just couldn't find anywhere to live that was that was safe for us um my mum at the time was urging me to go to a women's hostel because of the domestic violence and um I wasn't happy with that because I was working I was working in the city in London and I was going to work all booted and suited and you can imagine how I would have been uh, received in a in a hostel in those days you know I'm sure things are different now, but in those days, it wouldn't have been a very good uh, scenario. So um, eventually, uh, I managed to get accommodation in a very nice area with a lady who kind of took pity on me, really. She was also a single mom, but she was a titled lady. She was the, the honourable lady. Um, I won't say her name, um, but she was an honourable lady, um, you know, by um, uh, what you call it, by birth. So she, um, she kind of took pity on me and uh, long story short, we, Charlotte and I ended up renting one of her cottages from her. And in return, I was obviously I was paying some rent, but I was also helping her with some different jobs and errands and things. And then we became great friends and I ended up buying um, a cottage from her. So I got myself on my feet um, and that was uh, that would lasted about two and a half years, that single parent period. Um, in that time, I decided to create a school reunion. We hadn't met from school since about 25 years uh, later. So um, I organised a school reunion and then met somebody who I was at school with, although we didn't have any connection at school and uh, we got on well. And then one day Charlotte came home from school and she turned herself into that person. Um, his, she took his name uh, without any discussion or anything so she she turned herself into to his name so that was a sign that everything was fine and I remarried then um, that went on was was fine for a few years and then I was I was just getting exhausted with things and we didn't know at the time and, and I then had my son uh, our son and um, it turns out that um, he wasn't just a difficult child he was actually autistic so um, that was a that was a wake up. Um, so I did a lot of studying and learned about autism and so on. And I helped to create co-create a branch of the National Autistic Society in, in the UK. So um, it, it, things just wore me down, basically. And I found it very difficult um, having a husband who was autistic um, and a son as well. And um, it was just just really difficult. So um, I then separated and Andrew lived with me for a while and um, 
then um, that was fine. And, and my husband of the day joined us. He moved close to be close by us. So we, we, we're still friends to this day. And he's, he's, he's a wonderful man. Um, but I just the marriage just wasn't wasn't right. Um, so um, Andrew was with me for for quite some time. And then I had a boyfriend who was um, uh, also from school and he turned out to be a sociopath, narcissistic type of person. And um, my son then went to live with his dad. So his dad became a single parent. Um, and then um, Andrew came back to me uh, when I moved up to Nottingham um, when he was 19. So between, um, I suppose, 13 to, let me think, 13 to 19, he was with his dad. And then um, he came to me. Um, and then I worked with him to help him to become uh, socially independent, uh, be able to live independently. Um, and he's now currently at university in, in Liverpool, and I'm really proud of him. So both of my children have had a, a very um, scattered um, life, shall we say, but uh, I'm sure in respects, although some parts of it aren't so good overall I think it's uh, you know character building and so on and so forth but um, it certainly was difficult times for me so when we're single parent it affects so many people doesn't it not yeah. just us as individuals it's the children it's the other partners it's our, our parents our wider family and so on yeah uh, you had such an incredible life and uh, how you handle it all and you look amazing for your age <laughs> incredible in fact what were some of the, and I know you, you shared it was difficult. What were some of the difficulties that you faced? Was it uh, financial, emotional, would you say? Financial, um, emotional, um, I'm pretty good at dealing with things. I just, whatever I, I have as a challenge, I just deal with it and that's it. I'm not really an emotional person. I don't cause dramas and, you know, hysterics on things. This is a challenge. Okay, what do we do now? Let's let's do it. Um so it was the financial that was a real that was a real struggle um, on on several occasions. And in fact, um, we didn't know my son was autistic, um, and I moved from one end of the country to the other in the UK to get him into a private school um, because my we were having difficulties with him. The marriage wasn't going too well. Uh, we were up in Derbyshire, and uh, Andrew was going to a local school, and we got called into the school one day to um, question. Um, Andrew's behaviour and um, he'd done a drawing um, and it was uh, him holding hands with an, another boy and um, the head teacher thought that was a you know a sign of being um, gay whatever and she was absolutely awful and there was a social worker there and we were just horrified the whole thing um, as it turns out it was Andrew expressing the fact that he'd got a friend because he didn't have friends, you know, and it was just so horrible. Anyway, uh, a friend of mine who was running a law firm for her husband down in Somerset, she said, well, why don't you come down and get him into the local private school? I said, well, I can't afford the fees and, you know, moving all that way, et cetera, et cetera. She said, well, just come down, stay with us, get an interview and then see what's what. Anyway, long story short, Andrew had the interview, sailed through it, got very high scores in maths and English, and they said, yes, we'd love to have your son. And then followed a few more problems because um, his behaviour pattern turns out it's he, he has Asperger's syndrome, which is a form of autism. And um, the 
private fees, um, which I, I couldn't, I didn't have any money for, for private fees. So I did a, a swap. Um, I stayed at my friend's, we, we Andrew and I stayed at uh, our, my friend's uh, place. She had a farm. So she, we, we kind of had a, a wing in the farmhouse, which is rather, rather nice. Um, but uh, I didn't take a salary. So I, I helped to run the firm. She hadn't been very well. So I stepped in as um, chief executive, ran the firm. Um, and they paid his first year school fees. So there's always ways around. There's always ways around. Um, but um, yeah, that was, so that financial, um, so I've done a lot of trades over the years. I've traded services and um, that's helped me to get by in when I've had these difficult situations. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, had an opportunity to go back in the past, what kind of advice would you give to your younger self? when facing those I've, challenges mm, i would um i would give myself financial advice because um here i am now i've, I've said i'm 65 i have no financial backup whatsoever uh, because i've had can four different firm, um, versions of cancer i was given less than a year to live in 2015 with stage four cancer so i've i've cashed my private pension in um i have no savings as such because i've used them basically to keep me going um had i been um better supported um with my own financial awareness um in those days going back accountants didn't advise um bank managers were happy to lend money you know the whole the whole financial scenario i, I grew up with a, an abundance of money if you wanted some, you just borrowed it from somewhere and then you paid it back and that was that, you know, it was very simple. Um, so I don't have a good financial grounding. So I would definitely suggest financial uh, education of some sort. Mm -hmm. Yes. What do you want to be remembered by? Um, the way that I help people to reverse serious illness or to be proactive um, so the work that I do now, because of my situation that I've um, gone through the cancers, I know how to, to fix them. I've also cured myself of a kidney disease I was born with, um, which I did that over 25 years ago. So I've learned a lot and I've trained in nutrition and um, biohacking and uh, the, the biochemistry of the body and so on and behaviour. Uh, I've become an expert in the disbehaviour profiling tool. So I've merged all those into a programme and the program that I've created is very special, it's very unique. And as I say, we can either help people to reverse serious illness or avoid it in the first place. And um, I'm already known for, for that, but I'm, I'd like to become known wider for that and also train other people to do what I do. And that would be, that would give me a lot of uh, pleasure. I love it. I think it's incredible, you know, finding ways and uh, what you want to be remembered by and helping people the diagnosis that we hear from doctors doesn't have to be final. There is another way. Mm. Absolutely. So I, there's I a, there's always an answer. It doesn't matter what the challenge is. There's always at least one answer, sometimes more, but there's always at least one answer to any challenge whatsoever. Yeah. What do, what do you think is the most important trait to instill in a child? Be yourself. Stand in, in your own um, values and principles and don't budge if somebody says something to you and it doesn't feel right follow your intuition so by following your intuition you know if something's right or not because your body tells you you have a feeling somewhere or another some people it's in their heart some people it's in their stomach 
um, wherever you get that feeling. So start to know your body, know when your intuition is speaking with you and follow your intuition and know what your values are, know what you will and what you won't compromise on. And um, I've been tested on that many times and also been uh, cast out as well in some circles because I stand up for my principles and uh, I won't stand for any nonsense. Um, and if somebody tries to persuade me something that's, you know, I don't agree with, then I won't do it and that's it. But I'm a strong character uh, in the disc profiling uh, terms. Um, but not everybody is as robust and re resilient as I am. So I'm learning to be more em empathic and compassionate um, through my experiences as well. And uh, knowing that uh, not everybody is a, as a, a tough cookie as I am. <laughs> I love it. I think believing in yourself is so, so important. And oftentimes as kids, as little kids, we hear a lot of no's. We hear a lot of constrictions and trusting others and figures of authority and yes we need to comply to our parents and educators but sometimes it kills the inner spirit that believe in yourself and then we grew up feeling not good enough or yes. afraid of to fail or you know trusting somebody else but never listening to our own inner voice which is always yes. there with us so I love that trait I hope my my kids can will inherit it I hope <laughs> well it's interesting you never know how how your children will turn out so my children are so different from each other and they're so different from me so we can't they say that's another thing you know we can't instill what we believe in into our children although that's kind of what we do by default um but we need to be aware that um you know everybody has to make up their own minds in in the in their life to, to what they want to do but until the age of seven or eight we're in the hands of the uh, parents. So it's really important for parents, particularly single parents, not to be whinging on about, oh, you know, the partner is this, you know, this has gone wrong, that's gone wrong. And the negativity um, is, a black. my black cat's just appeared here. <laughs> Hello. Um, so um, yeah, making sure that we're not speaking in front of the children negatively on them, um, on uh, things that you know it, it's it's too heavy a burden for the children you know so we must, must be careful about that not to put our um disappointments onto the children mm -hmm. yes yes totally uh, what kind of advice can you give to present single parents who are just stepping onto that journey of becoming a single parent um, what I've just said, really, just just make sure that you that you are strong, you are you are grounded, you are following your intuition, you are uh, resolute in what your values are, what you'll stand for, what you won't stand for, and basically standing in your power, um, regardless of how you've become a single parent. You know, some people end up uh, becoming single parents and are very very sad about it. Others are very happy about it. I meet some single parents that the relationships got turned sour and it's the best thing they've ever done by separate. So everybody has a story, um, but at the end of the day, you need to be resolute, um, strong in your own space, your own intuition, um, financial things. It's not about money, but try and, try and get on a, a decent financial footing. Um, but the values and the principles and the intuition are far more valuable than, than, than money is. And um, I get upset when I hear people, you know, about the um, 
do they call it alimony or what do they call it um where you get money from the the, the partner to pay for the children i i i child support i have sorry what's it called child support that's it yeah child support so which however however it works um the child support thing i, I didn't have any child support uh, for either of the children um but i had I had support from from Andrew's father, you know, huge amount of support. So I'm ever grateful for that. Um, but I've never had any financial support. Um, and it's not about finances. Um, it's it's about the whole picture. So some some single parents get het up on the financial side of things um, and they can become quite um, mean about things, you know. So just, you know, just just open your heart. Um, you did love the person at one time. Um, you know just try to remember the nice times and the fact you've got you know beautiful children as a result that that's the gift you know the, the children are the gift yes yes yeah oftentimes it's difficult during the process and then of course of course absolutely that's why having a support network is really important as well and having the right kind of support network not the people who are going to be telling you off and moaning at you and not providing support and support comes in many ways it comes in you know the friends cooking a meal for you or um, taking taking the children for an hour or you know meeting them from school or something like that you know if, if you're not having a good day there's lots of different ways that we can support each other but um, it's really important that we collaborate as best we can yes yeah thank you what is uh, some of the exciting things in your life right now what are you excited about very excited because I'm living here in Portugal. The sun is now coming out. The sun is getting warmer, um, and it's uh, I've got my own place now, which is wonderful. The first time since I've been here, I've been here two years now. Um, I've got many friends. Um, I do a lot of socialising, which is fabulous. But I've also created a health program, which is bringing together a variety of different um, modalities. So uh, two laboratory tests, hair mineral analysis, and a blood analysis and a biochemical analysis and a behavior analysis so all four of those i've brought together into a rather unique program with mentoring from me so whether somebody has got stage four cancer as, as i had um, or other serious diseases or want to avoid them wherever you're at on the scale um, i get a lot of clients who come to me because they've gone to their gp uh, the gp has given them lots of blood tests various other tests can't find anything wrong and send them away with a bunch of prescriptions one lady the other day had seven prescriptions and the doctor couldn't find what was wrong with her so she came to me and within a very short space of time getting the laboratory testing done we got to the root cause of the problem so i i that's what i specialize in getting to the root cause of the problem we can then create a plan for recovery and the recovery is always the same kind of uh, roadmap um, it's it's healthy eating healthy nutrition clean air, clean water, um, positive um, mind, body, spirit stuff. It's none of it's rocket science. Um, mineral supplementation and detoxing, they're also really important factors, but everybody's different. So everybody gets a, a slightly different version, uh, but it's all, it's all very similar. But let's see what's going on in your body. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I love it. I think it's amazing. What is uh, something uh, that sets your soul on fire? Um, helping people. Um, I get a great deal of joy. I do a lot of networking. So helping people, um, connecting. I connect people every day. So I meet people in one network and then I think, oh, 
you, you'll be good at meeting this other person in another network and so on. Um, so most days I'm connecting people and that gives me a buzz, particularly when I see that they collaborate and they do something wonderful together. So that uh, that gives me a, a great deal of joy and I'm passionate about helping people, whether it's their own health or whether it's relationships, connections. Thank you. I love it. If people would like to connect more with you, where would they go? Uh, my email address is Elaine, that's E-L-A-I-N-E, -E, at discplus.health that's d-i-s-c-p-l-u-s dot health elaine at discplus.health and i offer a free 30 minute session where i give uh, lots of free uh, health and well-being guidance um, and um, see if i can help people either making connections or with their health thank you i love it thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom your story I love what you're doing in the world, you know, helping people recover or prevent some heart diseases like cancer and all the other stuff. And your, you know, the trait that uh, we want to instill in children is believing in themselves, I think is very, very important. So thank you so Absolutely. much. Is, is there anything that I didn't ask that you want to share? No, no, I think I think that's it, really. I could talk for days on end. So, uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, generally speaking, people have got the gist of, of, of my views and some of, some of my experiences. I mean, there's loads more, um, but um, every experience is a stepping stone. And um, even though, as you say, when we're in a situation that's not very comfortable, it's for a reason. Uh, it might be giving us a, a chapter in our story that one day we'll tell for other people. Um, or if it's a lesson that we have to learn, who knows? But uh, everything that happens to us is for a reason, and uh, it's a blessing. Yes, totally. Everything is an opportunity for us to learn. Every day is a school day. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, and your story. I appreciate you, and thank you. You're welcome. If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love mindset and support for relationships, where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you because you are limitless.